All right. Welcome to Independent Insights, where we share quick conversations on topics relevant to running efficient and profitable independent private practices while providing the best care for our patients. I want to thank Vision Source, whose mission it is to enable independent optometrists to achieve their full potential for supporting this. Um, have a great conversation today with Dr. Tessa Sokol on innovation, what that means, how she brings it into the practice, uh, how you don't have to... Uh, uh, to be an inventor, uh, just a really good thief uh, to, to be innovative. And so hopefully you enjoy the conversation that we have today. Uh, as always, please share, uh, leave a comment, give us five stars, subscribe, and uh, look forward to you enjoying this conversation. All right, really excited today. Uh, we have royalty on uh, today. We've got uh, the president of the Wisconsin State Association, uh, Dr. Tessa Sokol. And uh, excited to ha- to uh, to hear from her and to uh, to chat with her. Um, but before we dive into it, Tessa, give us a little bit of background on yourself. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate you having me on here. This is exciting. I, I love talking to you and talking to all of our colleagues out there. So I really appreciate the opportunity to be on here. Uh, I graduated from ICO uh, probably about 15 years ago. I, I hate thinking back because you always have to add a few years. And how long it's been, but I owned a sublease office for the past decade and just re- just relocated to a private practice nine months ago, and it's been going great. So, that's exciting. That's a uh, is, was that a big shift going from from a sublease to private practice? Um, pretty easy. How did that uh, work out for you? You know, there's always a lot more to take on when you're expanding and taking on the optical and expanding your businesses and the services that you're offering. But that said, I I feel like I tried to prepare in advance and having a lot of experience working with other optometrists and their optical and, and trying to prepare myself so it wasn't this big leap. Very cool. Well, I'm, I'm, I think that's going to play really well into the, the topic we're going to have in conversation today. Mm-hmm. Um, you recently got to, and I'm a little bit jealous... A lot jealous, but you got to interview um, Robert Hirschvek from Shark Tank, and I love that show, love him, and I was I was enamored with the the interview. We'll link it in the uh, the show notes for ever, others to to go back and watch. Uh, but the whole topic was innovation, and my guess is that you uh, got to do a lot of that in in leaving your sublease and and starting your private practice. Um, what does innovation? mean to you? Because it's a, it's a word that we hear and gets thrown around in business. Um, certainly every business coach likes us to, uh, wants us to be innovative. But what do you, what does that mean to you? Uh, that's a, that's a big, but great question because, <laughs> you know, healthcare is forever moving. It's not this stagnant thing. If, if we just sit there and do what we've been doing for the past decade and don't innovate, then we're going to be left behind. Healthcare is forever changing and we need to change with it. So the baseline level of innovation for me is just staying up on top of what the newest products and services that we can offer to our patients or even just information based off of newest studies. That to me is being innovative. But you know, you talk about innovation and, and you, like you said, you hear from all of these people, be innovative, you have to be innovative. I do believe that you cannot just take on absolutely everything that's being thrown at you. You need to definitely really hone in what your niche is and be innovative in that particular niche so that you have the ability to offer the best information and best products to the patients. So when you say knowing your niche, are are you 
referring to what your focus is in clinic, what your uh, what demographic you're you're looking to cater to. What do you mean by by knowing who you are? I think it's taking into an account both of those. You obviously have to know your demographic before you can actually develop your niche, but you really want to do something that you're passionate about and just make sure that you're surrounding yourself with the demographic that would also support that. So for example, I really believe in holistic healthcare, proactive healthcare and educating patients on how it's your entire body that you are being examined when you're going in for an eye exam and how you can see you know, over 500 different diseases when you go in for an eye exam and get your retina checked. And, and doing that, I've, I threw myself into a neighborhood where they appreciate that. They really appreciate proactive healthcare and staying healthy. So, very cool. So you, you've really made that your passion. Is, uh, you found your passion. You found your why. And then, um, and then it sounds like the innovative part of it is just staying on top of, of the latest trends, the latest research, the latest uh, evidence-based medicine. Um, and then I'm assuming, the, you know, turning around and, and providing that care to your patients. Right. Absolutely. That's, that's to me what it means to be innovative. If you don't find your passion and stay on top of the different tools and the different services and information that you can provide for your patients, then you're truly going to be left behind, which is really what I was speaking with Robert about. He is this amazing business owner. He has obviously created himself as one of being the best in the country. And he knows that if you're not staying innovative and staying on the top of your field and what, what you're passionate about, that you are, you're going to be left behind. You're not going to be, you know, the reputation of the best business owner in your neighborhood. Yep. No, I, I agree. I love his, uh, his approach to, to business on that show. When I first heard the word innovation, uh, to me, it, it sparked inventor and I'm not a good inventor. And so I felt overwhelmed that there's no way I'm going to create something new, create something that's never been done before. Um, and so innovation, you know, being innovative felt like this overwhelming burden that I, I just put on the back burner cause I couldn't do that. But listening to you, it doesn't sound like that. I've got to be the one that, that creates the new products. I just have to, be aware of them and and bring them into the clinic right i mean i couldn't agree with that more because i've always joked that i am an executor not necessarily an inventor so i will steal shamelessly first nice. of all you know but the, but you really have to gather all of the information people are relying on us as being the experts so there's so much information out there that you can gather and take in we have to be the ones to be able to bring all of that together bring in all of the knowledge from from industry and from the different products being developed or bring in the knowledge from all of the journals that we're reading and, and offer that to our patients. Gotcha. So really just staying on top of, of education and what's new and then filtering through the what, what's, what's good new and what's, I'm going to call it marketing new. Exactly. And, uh, <laughs> right. Um, the, the, the hardest part I think on, uh, for me that I see in, in the practices we work with, um, and vision source does a great job of this because we, we collectively come together and can discuss. But one of the hardest things that I see is, is taking that new that you find and applying it into practice. Um, because it's not just you or I in the clinic, we've got teams that work with us. We've got, uh, patients that hopefully show up on time. Sometimes they're early, sometimes they're late. We get in the, in the, the rut of just doing the same thing over and over. Um, and sometimes it may feel like groundhog day, uh, every single day. 
So how do you take something new that you find and and uh, and bring it into the clinic? Get your team on board. Get your 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 staff on board. How do you create that change in the cl- in the clinic? I've recognized over the years that it really depends on my motivation and how sold I am into it. I completely nerd out about science all the time about the whys, why we're doing something or why we're giving a patient something. And if I bring that enthusiasm to my staff and educate them, then they can educate the patients as well. You know, educational selling, right? Where we're not necessarily just pushing a product on somebody. We really want to educate the patient why we believe in this, why we're bringing it into the office. And, and develop an excitement around it, showing that we're, we're helping people with what we're bringing in. I like that. I love that you said educational selling. I think selling, we've made a bad word, and, and I think of it as a fantastic word. It helps to, to helps people make the decisions they need uh, in life, whether it's you know a new car or new contact lenses or, or just choosing to use their glaucoma medicine every day. Um, I love to use that phrase. How do you educate your team? Is it, are you, do you sit down and, and educate them? Do you give them a bunch of homework and make them go read a bunch of articles? Do you, you know, bring in reps for lunch and learns? What have you found to be the best way to educate your team? I'll offer information for them to take home if they are requesting it. That I will never hold back, but I've found that asking somebody to do something outside of work does, isn't necessarily as lucrative as having conversations in office. I very firmly believe in a healthy work-life balance as well, so I try to do everything I can while we're at the office. Direct relationships with my employees is extremely important to get them engaged. I have the luxury of being still small at this point, and so I'm able to have that direct relationship with my employee and show them my engagement and my excitement around different products or services we're bringing in. We often have meetings, usually on a weekly, if not biweekly basis, just to get caught up on all of the the newest things that we're bringing into the office. But you know, you brought up reps. That is by far my favorite resource because they are the experts on the particular product or, or you know, innovation that we're bringing into our office. Mm-hmm. My staff knows that they're coming in to talk about that specific product and they take all of that information to become experts in everything we're offering. Oh, very cool. And it sounds like you're doing a lot of leading by example. One of the hardest things is that I found, um, and let's go back to, to contacts. It's, a, it's, a, it's an easy example and one you talked about with Robert, the helping patients change. So it's, it's great to say, hey, we've got this new product, uh, this new lens on the market. We're going to you know, uh, educate patients. We're going to use this. This will be our, our lens, our go-to of choice. And then we get in the clinic and we're running 20 minutes behind and patients really not complaining about the, the lens they've been in for the last you know, three decades. Um, and, and do you want to take that time to, to have the conversation? Do you want to take the, the, the time to create the change? Um, how do you handle those situations so that you're leading by example and then your, your staff can then follow through and your patients ultimately feel that innovative uh, experience? You know, that's a great question because we've all been victim to that, especially like you said, if we're, we're running behind. Obviously, I never run, run behind right now. Never. <laughs> never. Uh, but when you're running behind and somebody comes in and says, I'm not having any problems, and you just write the same prescription, that's an extremely easy thing to fall victim to. But what I've realized, though, is that if I have a neighboring doctor that is doing that, where they are just offering the product that they've been in for the last decade, and then they come to see me, And I take a moment to tell them, there's this new product that I think will really fit and suit your daily activities because of this reason why, and this is the science as to why I think it's gonna help you. 
it builds my reputation. And then that's when you have them telling their friends that they need to come and see me because I'm offering them the, the newest innovative products. I try to find ways to then maybe catch myself up other ways, maybe more relying a little bit more heavily on my staff for more pre-testing or you know, making them being experts on lens recommendations for glasses. I will rely on them for other things, but I feel like that's a very key, important thing that we can't let go because that's what creates our reputation of being an innovative doctor. We, we can't let that go. Nope, I completely, uh, completely agree. The uh, somebody once told me that life's a, a treadmill. You either if you're if, or, or one of those rather uh, people movers that you have at the airport, especially the Denver airport has a bunch of them, right? Where you're uh, uh, if you're standing on it, it's moving you along, and uh, in, in most of the time in life, it's pulling us backwards unless we're actively walking against it and trying to uh, to move forward. And so, finding every one of those opportunities, even when we're running late, is important and, and shows our team that we really believe in this. It's not just something we do when, when times are easy. Do you involve your team in, in directing some of this innovative change? Do you give them responsibility to, to be the, the, you know, the, the controllers of that innovation, if you will? Absolutely. Obviously what, what, what I want the practice to look like stems from me, but it has to be entirely bought in with the entire office one, because they appreciate being knowledgeable too. No one likes it when a patient comes to them and asks them a question that they can't answer. So I've very much tried to empower every single one of my employees to be experts in everything that we offer. But then it also does build them. It allows me to show that I trust my employees and I trust in building them up and being partners with me versus somebody who is just, you know, turning the dials and running the pretest mm -hmm. equipment, that they are truly experts and part of the team that really help take care of the patient, which is really what they're there for. Yeah. Well, I think career-wise, too, it, it helps move them from, from having a job to having a profession. Exactly. You know, anybody can, can, not anybody, but, you know, a job you show up to, you do your work, you punch in, you punch out, and a profession you've, you've got some emotional engagement with. So it sounds like you are, are doing just that. The, uh, I'm curious if you use any of this, this innovation. And, and to me, it, the word innovate just sounds more like, you know, continual change and, um, and continual improvement, trying to find that, that, that always that better, what's new, what's better. Do you use that in a marketing sense other than, you know, an outward marketing? So not when patients come in and you tell them, cause we've covered that, but do you, do you market outwardly? that you know we're we've got the latest and greatest or even using that latest and greatest as part of your uh your marketing message you know going back to what we were talking about before i very strongly believe in educational marketing yes i do show them that we do differentiate and have all of this new equipment but it's not just saying look we have this new piece of equipment come check it out it's really showing them why i brought it in or how it will help them and showing and giving them maybe some data about it and, and really wanting to have them know more. So they'll come into my office to have the testing or get the product and actually know more with that little tidbit of education that I've given them. You got it. So you said you've been in private practice for nine months. What's one of those, those, those we'll look at equipment, testing equipment that you have that patients, you know, probably haven't seen too much, or maybe they haven't had a bunch of experience with that you get to explain and educate them on and really enhance their experience. 
You know, I can tell you that my to-buy list is still ongoing, given that I've only been open nine months. But what I've been really trying to focus on, again, is pre- proactive healthcare and holistic healthcare. I have a lot of information on dry eye treatments. One of the major products that I really want to bring in is a meter that tests your antioxidant levels. Mm. One, because it will be exciting for them to kind of see, you know, test out, test each other where they're at or to see if what they're doing in their lifestyle is actually working. But we're hoping that every time they come in, we can increase their level of antioxidants in their blood so that we know that will lower the risks of macular degeneration or other uh, retinal diseases. I love that. Um, and I'll tell you that we've been in, in practice for, oh, I think we're going on... Uh, about 35, 36 years now, I, I dad opened up and then I bought him out. Um, and our list of, of toys to buy still continues to, to grow. <laughs> so that, that never gets old. Um, but I love that, that idea of how you connect something. Um, you know, patients come in and if your experience is like mine, you know, they're coming in just for an eye exam and in their mind, that's glasses, contacts. Maybe if they're well-educated, it's, I'm going to check out and make sure I don't have glaucoma or AMD, um, or I've got some dry eye stuff going on. But how it relates to the rest of the body usually is a brand new conversation for them. Right. And and these these instruments that I'm bringing in to just, first of all, open up that conversation. If we bring it in, they see what we're doing and they see that we can focus on that. And it opens up the conversation of what they can do better. Well, you and I, and you and I know that, but for that, for that patient, that's innovative, right? That's connecting those dots that they have never had connected before. Um, which makes me feel a whole lot better now about innovation because it, I don't have to create anything. I just have to highlight and shine some light um, in an area that, that maybe wasn't uh, you know, well illuminated for the individual patients. That's super cool. The, where do you get all this information? Because there's, there's, at least for me, it's almost too much information. I, I can't keep up on all the articles. I can't keep up on the journals. Um, it seems like there's a new meeting every other week, and so I can't go to every conference. How do you decide where you're going to to get your education, get your focus, um, and then how do you you know be okay with not being able to read and, and hear everything? You know, it's funny you say that because I'm exactly in the same boat as you. It is very overwhelming. I mean, we get daily emails, weekly newsletters. There's meetings every single week. And I feel like that's part of what is required of us being a doctor is sifting through all of this information, knowing what's important and what's not I have found researching, you know, what I'm specifically interested in and finding some of the meetings that correlate so that I know that it'll be concentrated on the information that I want to bring into the office. Gotcha. So not only have you set your, your practice up with intention, but you set your, you know, your education up with intention to focus on what, what you want to focus on. Exactly. You set yourself apart as. Right. So. Exactly. Very cool. And I know the uh, shameless plug, but I know the, the vision source exchange is on that list. Um, and, uh, coming up in, in April, have you been to one before? No. And I was actually just going to say that I have heard nothing but amazing things about it. There was a conflict this year because, uh, being the president of the state association, we actually had a conflicting meeting that I couldn't miss obviously, but I'm really excited. It's like a no brainer for me to be going to next year's. Yeah, they're they're fun, and and what I really love about it is is not that you know we're part of Vision Source, but it's that it, getting like minded individuals together to talk about uh, similar topics, right? To to share best practices. So very much what you said, you look for the meetings that 
that hyper focus on things that you're interested in the holistic health the dry eye uh whatnot um and and vision source is that for you know managing independent optometry practices and uh getting you know a couple thousand of our colleagues together to to have those conversations over a few days uh is is pretty unique and so uh, if you haven't uh registered definitely register and, and we'll put again links in the in the notes for that um you know, I do have to add that it is the reputation of Vision Source where the doctor members are innovators. That's why I'm really looking forward to it because that is the reputation that Vision Source has built, and and I'm really looking forward to being uh, and being more involved in being part of this team. Oh, well, you are definitely in, involved. The uh, and we appreciate uh, what you do. Um, I'll, I'll, I think we'll uh, close right here on this point. But but something you mentioned earlier is that. Uh, uh, you know, you don't have to create everything. You just have to be a good thief and, uh, and steal from steal from others. Um, and I think that's one of the reasons why uh, vision sourcing groups like it um, uh, are, do so well in those practices, do so well. Uh, some of the, the ortho K groups and whatnot uh, are also fall into this boat is because they share practices and they just steal from each other. You don't have to be the, the best at everything. You just have to, to listen and contribute where you can and, and uh, be open to different ideas different challenges and collectively you know we elevate each other and so i i think that's the the true value um which is why honestly we call it the exchange i think stealing mm-hmm. ideas probably didn't uh, sound so good marketing wise so exchanging <laughs> ideas sounds better um but uh, certainly helps us be more innovative tessa i appreciate you making uh, time to to join us today and for all the work you do at the state association in wisconsin and for your your patience and uh certainly for your fantastic interview with robert um, any last comments for us? No, I, I just you know really appreciate your time. I really appreciate being involved with this. You always have to be learning and always have to be innovating, and this is an important concept, and hopefully it can help innovate or, or I guess, motivate people and drive them forward. Absolutely. I appreciate it. Well, thanks again, and have a wonderful day. Thank you. You too.